Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Smooth Jazz Podcast, hosted by your boy Mike J and executive produced by Grown Man Ish. Smooth Jazz Podcast is our new podcast by Grown Man Ish. This goes along with the Grown Man Ish Podcast and the Group Chat Sports Podcast. You know, Mike, for those who know Mike J, I love and I'm speaking to myself in the third person. It's kind of wild. I ain't out here wilding like that, but you know, rock with me. I'm out here, man. I love boxing, and this is something I always want to talk about. We talked about it a little bit on our bumpers days i think i did i think actually the first podcast i did was uh i broke down the uh adrian broner mikey garcia fight and i predicted that mikey garcia would win that broner wouldn't throw a lot of punches and he would outclass him and i was right so we could talk about adrian you know about what i think about the the career of adrian broner at another podcast so I've always loved boxing uh, i've been blessed to live in the house you know when i was a kid that we always had HBO, some rhyme or reason, or we'd go over people's houses to watch pay-per-views. So I've been blessed to be able to see that. And I just loved it, man. I can go back to one of my, if I was talking to one of my young bucks, my boy Fife, you know, my little young cat, and he, he was like, hey, you know, hey, half ass, we used to call me. Like, you should talk about, you know, the time you showed me the Larry Holmes footage when he fought, when he uh, got into it with Trevor Burbick. So for those that don't know, this footage is out on the internet. You know, Larry Holmes and Trevor Burbick had a little kerfuffle <laughs> at a press conference. So, uh, you know, Larry Holmes, and they kept going back and forth from Trevor Burbick was on one. The old man came in there with a double-breasted suit, sweating like crazy. Anytime Roy come up in a double-breasted suit and his line is crooked and he's sweating with, like, I think he had a gold chain on. Yo, he's ready, you know, he's ready to get ran down on. So Larry Holmes, he comes, he's cool, collected. You know, Larry Holmes, known as the Eastern Assassin, always kind of got a, a bad rap because he followed Muhammad Ali and he never really got the hearts and hearts and minds of boxing fans because he came after Ali. So my man Larry Holmes runs down on, on Trevor Burbick. But, yo, you, you thinking like, oh, he's a boxer. He's going to run down on him straight line. No, man, Larry Holmes runs up, jumps on top of a on, on like a 1990 car or something like that. It might have been in the 80s. Runs down and drops the, the kick to the stomach of Trevor Burbick, man. I laughed my ass off. I was not expecting to see Larry Holmes run up on, Tre- on Trevor Burbick like that. And for those who don't know Trevor Burbick's uh, history, he also uh, lost to Mike Tyson. I think that was the fight Tyson became champ. Either he became champ the first time he unified the belts. But, you know, he got knocked down like, I think, three or four times in the round and was out there convulsing in the ring and all that type of stuff. So anytime I think of Trevor Burbick, I think about those two instances. But going forward, man, so I really, you know, this is what I, and I love, I love boxing. So I wanted to get, you know, something where I can able to kind of, you know, bring people on, bring our guests, and really break down these fights and really get in depth, more in depth than I would get on Grown Man-ish or even on Group Chat because this is just all, strictly all boxing. So for this, for this podcast, we're going to discuss current, upcoming fights, you know, classic fights where we got kind of, I'll look at them, find a fight, you know, and really analyze it from 1 to 12, if it's 12 rounds, 15, how many rounds there is, and kind of give you my opinions of the fight. And then I want to talk about those class, those what-if fights. Like, what if Floyd Mayweather would have fought, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard at welterweight? Or what if a guy like Earl Spence would fight uh, a guy like Sugar Shane Mosley at welterweight? So, and I'm not going to talk about, all, I'm going to talk about all weight class, not just welterweight. That's the first that popped in my mind. So, definitely wanted to uh, to get into that. 
So I kind of want to talk about the big fight of the one of the big fights of the weekend. Actually, Showtime and HBO have dual cards, and I hate when they do that because I find myself having to flick back and forth and take one, watch live the other. But I think this week I'm gonna watch live the Showtime fight and then tape and tape the HBO fight. So this week. We have Deontay Wilder, the WBC champ, facing Luis Ortiz. For those who don't know Deontay Wilder, he's uh he's like 32. He the uh, he won the uh, I think the bronze medal. Oh, I think it was the 2000. Either two, I think it was the 2008 or 2012. 2008 or 2012 games. Uh, so, you know, it's definitely something that uh he you know has a little Olympic pedigree. I know he started fighting because his uh his daughter, you know, his daughter had I think spina bonifia, bonifidia. So, you know, y'all don't clam me by the way, you know, I'm talking my words and everything. I ain't gonna lie. I'm from Indiana, I'm country as hell. So uh you know, it's one of those things, man, that Wilder came on the scene very unpolished, but had a hell of a right hand. He has a eighty two inch reach. So, you know, yeah, and he definitely was one of those things of, you know, being able to use that natural power. You know, most boxers start off young, so they have the technique down. But Wilder kind of got built up fighting scrubs, you know, because, you know, he just wasn't ready to come out there and fight like that. So, you know, you get that guy and you get the guy like Ortiz, conversely, comes from the Cuban system. think he's fought over 400 um, amateur fights. So, you know, he's ready to go. And now Ortiz is undefeated in the pros. So it's going to be it's going to be Wilder's. I mean, Wilder's best opponent is going to be Ortiz's best opponent. Now, Wilder, like I said before, 6'7", 82-inch wingspan, has a powerful left jab. And, you know, in that right hand, I think he's the best pure puncher in boxing. And in the breakdown, how Wilder fights, he has a long left jab, but it's one of those left jabs. It's three to me. There's three different type of jabs. You know, I'm not a boxing like you know. I've never boxed. I fought, but I never like box. So this is some just from my observation. So some guys they flick the left jab just to throw something behind you. Some guys, you know, some throw, some at you so they blind you so they can hit you with a bigger punch. Some guys use that left jab, you know, or right jab, if they're southpaw, as a range finder. It's like, hey, let's just see where this guy is at. You know, to touch him a little bit, then I can throw, you know, something down the pipe. Other guys, they use like Wilder, they use that left, they use that left jab as a uh, piston. And, you know, you can sit back and it's a hurtful left jab. So think of a guy, his jab's not as good as Larry Holmes. Look at a guy like Larry Holmes, which is one of the... Uh, motivations behind the podcast so you know i digress but back in the day there was a game i think it was fight night or one of those games they was like smooth jab by larry home that's what a commentator will fight say so i was like oh bet you know that's a cool little name i love that game back in the day anyway so uh you know wilder he has that this piston like left jab and he doesn't really throw the left hook behind it like some other guys. He hits you with that one-two, and every guy Wilder has fought, he's knocked out. He fought Berman Stavine twice, which was his last fight. So he's knocked every guy he's fought, knocked him out. He got a guy like Ortiz, you think he's 28-0, 24 knockouts. And I've seen Ortiz, you know, he's, he's counterpuncher, southpaw. But, you know, he's skillful for a big man. He's 200, and he weighed in today at 241. Wilder weighed in light. He came in at 214. So this makes me think, like, hmm, I think Wilder's going to be more moving because he's coming in super light, you know, for a heavyweight, especially the fact that he's 6'7". 
So uh, this definitely gonna this gonna be a great fight. I think they're gonna bring the best out of it. And I think that left jab from Wilder's is gonna be too much for him. And I'm I'm thinking that Wilder's gonna get a late round stoppage. I can see him busting Ortiz's eye up or the knockout. Uh, and I'm kind of nervous about Wilder's chin because I don't think he's ever been hit on the chin as you know by a true true puncher. He's, he's had some wobbly moments, but he's never fought a puncher like Ortiz. So this is gonna be an interesting and great fight. So definitely interesting to see how these guys do. Hopefully I'm right because I kind of lean myself as a boxing expert because I can just kind of see, you know, early rounds, unless the guy just gets hit with a punch he doesn't see, how the fight is going to go, especially when the guy, you know, has that, that reach advantage like a uh, like Wilder. But on the HBO card, you got the Sergey Kovalev coming back. His second fight after losing, after being knocked out by Andre Ward. Now, Kovalev is still complaining about the fight. I mean, he can talk about all those things all he wants. But he also took a hell of a right hand in that fight. And, you know, and he was getting stabbed by the body shots. But I think 175 is an interesting division. Since Ward retired, there's no, there's no top dog in 175. So it's wide open. You got Kovalev. You got Stevenson, who's going to fight. Uh, he's going to fight. Uh, got another guy, 175. Maybe, well, this guy can't think of his name off the top of my head. And then you have the young fella, Dimitri Bivol, which I think might be the most talented of fighter in it. At 175, so it's gonna be really, really interesting to see how that falls. I definitely think that Kovalev is gonna knock this guy out. You know, he's a still a you know big time puncher, even though he lost those. You know, the first fight, the war was close, and I actually thought that Kovalev was gonna get the decision. In the second fight, you know, got knocked out. Even if he didn't get hit with the shot he came was low, I still think the war was walking him down. And anytime you can walk the puncher down and you take a right hand like that, I still think he would have got him out of there the next round. But one of the things we like to talk about on the Smooth Jab Podcast, we like to talk about classic fights. And since it's the big heavyweight fight this weekend, and Anthony Joshua will be fighting in a couple weeks, I want to talk about Bo Holyfield 1. Bo Holyfield won November 11, 1992, Las Vegas, Nevada. So your boy Mike J, I'm 35 right now, so this puts me right at 10 years old. So actually, this might have been around the time that, that I ended up you know, kicking up with my player partner, Bo Tire Fresh to Dime. So let me talk a little bit about this fight. To, to me, in my opinion, this is the best heavyweight fight that I've ever seen live. Now, now I can go, we can go back and watch... You know, uh, Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali won, and you know the you know the first one that we can go back and watch the Thriller Manila, and then all those type of things. But this, I watched this fight live as a as a kid. So uh, the I started off round one, man. Holyfield started off fast because I think he wanted to get Bo, and you know you know take him in deep waters. And for those who don't know, that means you know Bo hadn't had a lot of experience. You know he's had some issues with his conditioning, and Holyfield was a smaller guy. You know in, in reach. And in weight. So in that fight, uh, Bo came in at swelt 235, which was like the lightest that he ever came in, you know. And then Holyfield came in at 205. Bo was 6'5". Bo had everything you wanted in a heavyweight. He also had one of those strong jabs. He had a hell of a right hook. Hit you with the left hand. But the difference with me, Bo is a great heavyweight talent is the fact that he could infight. And infighting was you, you get a guy that can, you know, fight, you know, infight and in close. 
most taller heavyweights don't really like the infight. They don't have that's a skill set that they don't have to five. For example, you look at a guy like both the Klitschko brothers who reigned over the heavyweight division for years. Neither one of them did a lot of infighting because they were six, 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 seven, so they didn't have to, and they also didn't want to get that close to that close to guys. But Bo, he can, you know, as later in the fight with Holyfield, he was expert at infighting. Which, you know, gave him an advantage of getting the victory. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll kind of want to break it down. So, like I said, man, round one, Holyfield came out aggressive. Bo, he started off fighting like a big man should, throwing that left jab. And he wasn't, it was like a quick left jab, too, which ended up busting up Holyfield later in the fight. Because you get that left jab going, that's just like a stone left jab, because then you, you kind of get a little tepid of stepping in. You know, round two, round three, man, both start getting more aggressive. Then, you know, he started getting hit with some shots, getting, you know, a little firefight. And both, you know, landed a nice little hook. And round seven, you know, round four, five, and six, them guys were going at it. You know, round seven, man, this is the first time I think Holyfield was really hurt by Bo, hitting with a nice shot. And let's talk about round 10. Round 10, I think, is one of the best boxing uh heavyweights in history. I know uh, Joshua and Klitschko had a war in last year where, you know, they both guys, you know, Joshua knocked Klitschko down and, you know, Klitschko was able to get up and end up knocking Joshua down. But round 10, man, they exchanged some shots. I know Bo hit Holyfield with those continued uppercuts. Like I said before, that's the difference between Bo and a lot of the big heavyweights. He was able to sit back and end fight. You know, fighting the inside. So he just every time Holyfield would get close, he would hit him with a left left uppercut, right uppercut. Bam, bam. So, you know, over and over time, you know, weakening him out. So round ten, I mean, Bo had Holyfield dead to water, but man, Holyfield, one of the tough, toughest son of a guns you ever gonna meet. For a guy to be an undersized heavyweight fought all contenders. I mean, I knew Holyfield was the true, you know, you can go back and watch uh, some of his old fights at Cruiserweight, and he was just dragging guys. You know, also Holyfield was an, an Olympian, and, and on 84 team, was probably the best boxing team ever had him, Parnell Whitaker, I think Tyrell Biggs, I think four or five of those guys ended up winning gold medals. But like I said, I digress. So you get there, and Holyfield, he's hurting round 10. But somehow, some way, he summons the strength to hurt Bo at the end of round 10. So here comes round 11, and Bo lands another one of those vicious uppercuts. He lands the right hand, knocks Holyfield down, and he goes ahead and gets the decision victory. Now, this is a critical moment in Bo's career. You know, Bo, it's the finest moment in Bo's career, and he was supposed to fight Lennox Lewis after that. You know, they ended up throwing the WBC belt in the trash, and I think he made a couple other defenses, and he ended up losing to Bo Holyfield, too. And for those who don't know, Bo Holyfield, too, was it's a close fight. Riddick came in overweight. I think he came in like at 245, which is 10 pounds heavier than what he came in in the first fight. And Holyfield was able to squeak out and get the victory. But what made Bo Holyfield, too, interesting, I remember watching it over somebody's house. I don't know if it was over one of my pop's uh, friend's house or it was my cousin. I think it was a, I forgot where it was. Anyway, what made Bo Holyfield, too, interesting was Fan Man. So Fan Man came down out and he came parachuted into the crowd. So he fell he came into the crowd and the fight kind of got stopped. And I remember like I think it was Bo's entourage just beat him up. And Bo's wife I think went into went into labor because she was pregnant. So it was crazy. Had Bo, you know, won I think the last round, he would have he would have kept he would have kept his he would have kept his belt. 
But, uh, you know, he ended up losing that round and ended up, you know, losing the belt to Holyfield. So, Bo and Holyfield fought another time. You know, Bo ended up becoming the first man to stop Holyfield. He ended up, Bo ended up winning the WBC, WBO, sorry, championship. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the end of his career. He fought Andrew Galata after that. Man, he was never the same. Galata was beating him, and Bo was heavy. I think he was at 250 when he fought the Galata. And for those who box, I mean, if you're that overweight, you know, you're going to be sluggish. You're not going to do what you need to do. You know, he kept getting hit with low blows, low blows, low blows. And finally, the fight got stopped twice. You know, for Galata, they fought twice. And Galata did the same thing, repeated low blows. And after that, I think Bo retired. He came back a little later. But uh, Riddick Bo was one of the all-time talents, not all-time fighters, all-time talents in the heavyweight division. This for the fact he was 6'5", had a great jab, had charisma, and he had a hell of a right hand, and he had those uppercuts that were vicious. So, you know, definitely this is something that we want to talk about on the Smooth Jab Podcast. You know, we talk about, like before, we talked about the, you know, the up-and-coming current fights. We talk about the classic fights. And, you know, we're going to ask for, you know, listen to hit us with the what-if fights. What do you think? What fights do you think we can really talk about? You know, those mystical fights that obviously never will happen because guys fight different, you know, different times in history. And obviously boxing has changed. So, uh, definitely, you know, this is, you know, Mike J from Smooth Jab Podcast, produced by Grown Man Nick. Holla at us at, you know, Smooth Jab at on Twitter, Smooth Jab Podcast. Send us an email, Smooth Jab Podcast at gmail.com. Yo, this is Mike J. Hollering to everybody. Appreciate everybody, for, you know, getting down with us off our first podcast. So we're going to holla at you. We out of here.